Welcome, everybody. This is John, and this is an experiment. You're listening to this thing I'm calling Techno Monking. And I hope you eventually enjoy it. Um, once again, this is an experiment. Also, this week I'm going to try not to say um as much. We'll see, we'll see what happens, though. So, uh... <laughs> this is... Well, it, was, it wasn't um, alright? I didn't say um. So this show is all about basically me complaining about programming and making kind of crap music in the background. <laughs> well, at least apparently. Now, this is, I mean, this is sort of meant to be like a programming journal for me. Um, just working my way towards a, a competence and maybe an expertise in, uh, in Python, my current language of choice. And, yeah, you probably hear a little music in the background, just a little bit of a bit of patter or maybe like space age um, strings, just something of this nature. I don't really know. <laughs> also, last week, uh, at the beginning of the show, I was like, what should my theme song be? Maybe it should be Middle Eastern, which seems out of context, except that this show is called Techno Monking. We're taking a, um, a, a, at least a traditionally religious idea and turning it into, I guess, kind of a lifestyle, but also just a, um, something a bit more secular and tech-based. And that's what this is. I'm all about this idea of asceticism and trying to, trying to maybe set aside the things that you love in order to, or the things that you enjoy, in order to, like, truly find satisfaction in the, the things that you dream about, maybe, or the things you've always wanted to do. I had a few goals this week. Uh, nope, no, um, see? See what I did there? And... I didn't really do them. I definitely did not work on that spreadsheet, that inventory spreadsheet I was talking about last week. Because I hate it, and it's dumb. I'm pretty sure I can figure some other solution out for that. Also, I mean, if it ever comes time that I would need something like that, I can I can uh, whip something simple up very quickly. So last week, if you guys didn't listen, uh, it's alright. The music wasn't that great. Hopefully this week it gets a little bit better. That's the whole point of this, you know? I mean... I'm, that's sort of the point of a journal, and that's also the point of this show for me. And hopefully, um, I can share this with you, and maybe we can all go on sort of a journey together. A journey of getting better at a thing, you know? I mean, we all start out crap at a thing. At almost anything we want to do. And that can be enough to kind of turn us off to the idea right at the get-go. But that's kind of not the way to live, is it? I mean, if there's something you want to do, then why not pursue it? Why not work hard at it? And why not fail a lot at it? Just 
utterly fail. And that's what the show's about. Me failing at programming, me making uh, kind of listening, listenable, listen toable music. <laughs> I like making new words. Uh, um, um, that was an um. But you know, eventually, maybe uh, the music will be better. Maybe this will be great. Maybe this will all come together. That's my hope. And you know what? That's sort of the drive of this whole show. So, welcome, and I hope that you will join me on this weird experiment that we're all doing together. So, did not work on the inventory sheet. I did work on some other stuff, mostly working through this uh, learning Python um, manual. And it's been great. It's been quite a bit of fun. I'm about, I've got through about two chapters this week. And you know what? There's some really cool stuff. I uh, have not, I grew up in C. I grew up with, well, I've, the first language that I learned was basic. And in high school, I learned visual basic as well. Uh, junior high, I was playing around fiddling in basic and making just silly little things like calculators that have animations whenever you hit the buttons. And Visual Basic was just a class textbook kind of thing we did in high school. In college, I did a few C classes, which C is just something I, I love. I love the nitty gritty level of it. All the control and also some of the, some of the implicit nature of it, like the, the fact that you have to understand the language well in order to use it well. Uh, and that's, I mean, I love it. But now I'm working on Python, which is a much more high-level language than C, which means there are a lot of things I kind of have to let go. I mean, the, the lower level a programming language is. I'll just talk through the basics the first couple episodes we do of this, just so that maybe you guys have some idea of what programming is. I'm sure a lot of you already do, but that's fine. Um, so programming languages start at the very base, at like the, the machine code. I mean, you have like a circuit board with all the logic actually hardwired into it. And then on top of that, you have a thing called machine code, which is basically just digits, different numbers that, that point to certain tasks that you can do, like actually manipulating the memory. On top of machine code, you have a thing called assembly language which is more like characters and more like um, this is a place that you can actually kind of write languages and you can write programs and basic things I mean basic things like what information is in this spot in your internal memory or move this block of memory over to this block of memory the contents that is and so assembly language was a huge step forward for machine code, but it was also so very tedious. So on top of assembly language, I forget if there's an additional little piece, but this is where we started getting into, at the time, things that we called high-level languages, which today are considered very low-level. And these languages are things like C and Fortran and COBOL, I believe. But the these languages 
were the first that actually had sort of built statements, built um, little phrases for actions you could do. They weren't just manipulating memory. They were also... They, they manipulated memory, but sort of in the background, while you printed these things that almost looked like sentences, but not quite. Like, very, still very um, technical. But a huge step forward. And in fact, I mean, C is what a lot of video game companies still write their video games in, because you have a lot of control over things uh, pertaining to performance. It's very, very control-freaky. <laughs> but... Python is a language a step above C, and maybe a couple steps. I mean, C++ has changed across... I mean, C, I'm sorry. C, the language from, like, what, the 80s or something? Bell Labs? Like, C is, was a, is a wonderful language and has evolved across the years. It's turned into C++, which is a more... Um, object-oriented programming idea, which is a whole different paradigm. I mean, eventually we were writing just long, long files of code, basically just code that goes line by line through a file, or through itself, just reads each line of code and says, and reads it all and then it's done. Or it might like loop, but it's, it's all in one big block. And if you're trying to debug, why a certain variable changed in this point, it could have I mean, any part of the code could have changed that variable. Because it's all, I mean, it's all a single file, you know? Everyone has access to every little aspect of the code. When C++ came around, and well, C++ I think was a reaction to certain object-oriented programs, but C++ was more object-oriented, or allowed for that. And that means that you have, instead of a long file of code, you have little bubbles of code. You have things like functions, and things that are sometimes called classes, where you can hide, you can basically, well, first off, you can reuse code. You can, like, make a little block of, of code that's is kind of general, but something that you use again and again and again. And then you can just, instead of having to type it every time in your program, you can just call this little block and it'll floop, pop right into your, your code. Kind of. But the cool thing about object-oriented programs is that the, these blocks are sort of insular and hidden away. Any of the variables inside that block can't interact with anyone else. The only way that you're supposed to look at those variables is through through the function. You ask the function like, hey, can I please, please see that variable? And the function will be like, all right, here's a copy of it or whatever. And so this is really cool. This makes programming and really like debugging programs, troubleshooting a lot easier, at least in theory. And Python allows for this. You see, Python is was, a, I think, a little bit later than even that. And C has evolved further than that as well, into like C-sharp, which is, let's see, I think that is more like the multi-paradigm kind of idea that a lot of big programs do now, which is to say that you can write a long file of code if you want, or you can make little objects, little these little hidden away 
blocks of code and form your programs that way. Or you can do whatever you want. You can do things like functional programming, which is a little bit different. But that's what Python is. Python is this new kind of multi-paradigm programming language. So it allows for a lot of different styles of programming and it has a lot of like modules and things that people have already coded that you can you can call off of the internet and use in your program which makes your life a lot easier it's called this python's called a scripting language but i think we'll maybe talk about that another day <laughs> well uh so Here's some bad news from this week. I've been having kind of a rough week, and, well, in a number of ways, but as far as this show's go show goes, I, um, in Habitica, in my real-life RBG little website that I, that I am basing a lot of my effort around in this show, in this website, I have died uh, multiple times in the past week. Um, again, from last week, Habitica.com is, I think it's called Habit RPG or Real Life RPG or something like this. And I'm sure there are other examples of this on the internet and some that are maybe a little bit less buggy than Habitica. Habitica is very nice, but it's not perfect. But in the end, Habitica.com, this uh, Real Life RPG, is is a little game. You're sort of gamifying your life and you have a little character sort of like in a dungeon crawly kind of game that as you as you progress, as you maybe do tasks in your everyday life, as you maybe code for half an hour or maybe wash your laundry, like I have a whole list of things, you gain experience and you're able to buy your little dude some armor or you might I mean all this like fun little dungeon crawly kind of stuff and if I don't do some of the tasks then at the end of the night or end of the day really I am penalized I actually lose my little guy loses health and this week I lost enough health that I died twice it really really sucked but I mean again this is a uh this is an experiment, welcome. I am here to make myself better. And I admit that I kind of suck at some of this stuff at the get-go. Stuff like just things as simple as getting things done every day. But you know, I think, I mean, I, in the same strain of thought, I think I just have a lot of room to grow. So, yeah, I, if you might not know, I the way that I work this whole program is I'm basically trying to control the, the amount of free time I have in my life, which in most cases is maybe three to four hours a day, just a, a little bit of free time. I have a kind of lengthy commute and I have a full-time job, and so I just try to find the best... I'm trying to find the best use of my time, and I've taken on this project of learning to program Python. <laughs> Very cool. For me, I like, I like it. I don't know what you guys think. 
In any case, yeah, I've died twice <clears throat> this week. But you know what? It's uh, every death is a learning experience. Every failure, just learning how not to do a thing. Have to start somewhere. So yeah, kind of a rough week. But yeah, that's that's sort of the point. Um, I'm here to learn. I have been playing around with this idea called Pomodoros. I think last week maybe I said Pomodoros, because the Mac app that I used to play with, I think was called Pomodoro, it, as a uh, an app name. It wasn't, but that's not the name of the technique. So a Pomodoro, I think Pomodoro is like an anglicized version of, of the Italian word for tomato. It's basically some guy, I think in the 80s, everything happened in the 80s. I don't know how that works. But some guy in the 80s came up with this idea called the Pomodoro Technique, which is basically you take a tomato timer, like those cute little t like twisty kind of timers that go click, 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 and count down, and use one of those to base some of your productivity around. The idea being you break your work into little smaller blocks of time. In this case, something like 25 minutes. And then once that 25 minute period is done, you take a little break, maybe stand up. If you're coding, you might stand up, walk around. If you're doing something else, you might just kind of get out of your space for a little bit and, and just kind of get feel refreshed by doing something new. Get some more coffee or something to drink. Coffee, by the way. Mm. I might get to the whole coffee conversation in a moment. But Pomodoros. So this idea, the whole point is that this is kind of going to keep you focused, going to sort of keep you awake, you know, like keep you on your feet. There are times when like maybe you may experience this when you're when you're writing or when you're working on a thing or maybe when you're playing a game like you can you can do an activity and be absorbed in it for hours but after a while the longer that you play a thing it kind of becomes hard to know when to stop for one and for two you start to sort of your your mind sort of starts to quiet itself and just everything starts to to dullen i mean that's that that's the point of these of this idea this technique is you you take on a task and you have hopefully broken it down into a sh something you can maybe do or really bite off a chunk of for the next 20 or 25 minutes and then you stand up and step step away give yourself room to to kind of think or ju just to kind of exist so it's supposed to kind of keep up like mental acuity you're supposed to it's it's very refreshing and it's something i've been enjoying i've kind of been basing my whole conversation around it i mean my whole podcast it's it's been good so pomodoro technique that's a productivity thing hey it's like the oldest productivity thing in the book Hey, hey. Productivity is never, never a new thing, is it? For some reason, I mean, everyone wants to be productive, or a lot of people are grow up, 
in an environment that promotes achievement and promotes work, promotes being happy with your work, which is very healthy. Productivity, so I think maybe productivity is always going to be a thing where you're like, I wonder how I could be more, more of that, you know? I spent a lot of time in my college years really absorbed and obsessed with productivity reading sites like Lifehacker and things of this nature reading productivity books and part of me kind of feels gross or a little bit guilty for doing that you know I I don't always see the the benefit of that time spent reading about being productive like really the the point in the end the point that you get to when you talk to any of these like Merlin Mann these Zen master guru productivity dudes <laughs> I would so disapprove of that title but that's that's it Zen master now what I don't even know what it is anymore master Zen product dude you know wax on wax off Anyways, I will um, in the end, in the end of all this productivity stuff, once you get through all the books and you get through all the websites and you've downloaded all the Pomodoro apps that you can for your phone and all the time management things for your browsers, you realize that the point, the point of all this is to get out there and work. It's to get out there and to do a thing, you know? And so it just kind of feels silly getting to the end of three or four years of obsessively like looking into this stuff and trying to to perfect my workspace and have like e either a minimalist kind of look or just a clean look. I tend to go for a clean kind of workspace look. Clutter kind of bothers me. But in the end, after spending all this time and realizing that like maybe it wasn't worth it maybe i would have been better off just writing or just programming or just even just talking with people and like collaborating for a project like it's you kind of feel silly is all i'm saying in any case i still have a lot of productivity stuff to talk about so i mean i'm kind of finding a place to put it i guess that being this podcast ooh what else do we have here? Oh, so the chapters that I've been reading in Learning Python, in this book that I'm reading through, uh, I believe they were chapters 19 and 20. Coffee, oh my god. 19, chapter 19 was all about this thing called list comprehensions in Python. That, that being like the prime example of a thing that they talked a lot about. And then chapter 20 was a thing called generator expression, expressions. Both these things are not really or weren't really available in the, in the time that I spent with the C language. Like C is a little bit different. Both of these are sort of I mean, they're higher level functions for for programming languages. I'm not I'm not doing this real 
justice. So I'll just talk through it. So to to cover the basic notes for a programming programming language, there are a couple of things you need to know. There are th there are a few different statements that you can have. You're going to have variables at some point, just little little containers, little buckets that hold data, could hold numbers or st like strings like characters or anything. Might even hold like a whole database. It's in the end a variable can hold a lot of different things. And the there are statements so your program is going to be full of statements and the prime ones that you need to know about are these things called looping or iteration statements and these things called conditional statements just very very basic stuff so conditional statements well looping statements are just things uh like a while loop which is it's it's sort of a um two bookends to a bunch of code that you you run down the code and once you hit the bottom of it you loop back to the top and the whole point is you keep looping you keep looping through this chunk of code while some condition is true so maybe while this variable is less than a hundred or while I mean it could be anything while this variable while um, some variable is all is true like maybe maybe there's some little like message box that pops up in your code for the user that says hey do you want to quit this loop and if they click yes then it'll change a variable and then when you get back to the top of your while loop it'll say while oh did did this change is this false now oh get out of this loop we're done and so that's the point you have this this automates a lot of things and you also have these things called for loops that act the same way, except you can, it's a, instead of like looping forever with a while loop, you could loop forever if you wanted. Um, there's no real end to how many times you can loop, or at least there doesn't have to be. With a for loop, there's usually a pretty clear ending because you're, you're kind of going over a select range. You're saying, I want this to loop like a hundred times, or I want this to loop through this whole database like maybe or through a whole spreadsheet like through every row of a spreadsheet and so when you plug in that spreadsheet it's there's a number of ways a program can know how many rows are in a spreadsheet and so it this you would use a for loop for you just say for how many however many rows there are here uh, just loop through this this loop and change every row to do what you want and that's a for loop <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm doing justice. And finally, conditional statements are the things that make coding interesting and really bring logic into the into the whole mix. Conditionals are like if statements where you say if this condition is true, then change this variable or then change this thing or do go off and do this thing. And if it's not true, then maybe do something else. And so now you have like a tree. You're making, you're making a code or a program that is, that can choose what what to do. It can start changing the way that it, it behaves according to external stimuli, which is very cool. Very cool. It's probably one of the coolest, most basic things about programming. So. Now we come to the idea of a list comprehension. 
So a list comprehension, or really any kind of comprehension in Python, is basically a for loop that you that all fits into one line. It's like a very not very verbose. It's a very succinct for loop. It's usually broken into three little pieces. the The middle part is like the for loop itself. It's like uh, you. I want to go over every maybe item in this database, or I want to go. I want to go through this loop five times, and so you can set up a for loop to do that. That's the middle bit of a of a comprehension. Uh, the right bit is an if statement. It can be a conditional. So you can say, I want to maybe go through every row of this spreadsheet, and I want to I want to do something to every row of this spreadsheet if that row has this in it. Maybe if if this numbered row is even, or if this row with names, with people's names in it, starts with the letter A, like something like this. So uh, just a cool little additional part of a comprehension. And the beginning part, it's a little bit backwards. It's kind of like how people love episode five more than episode six and episode six more than episode four of Star Wars. It's kind of like that. It's a little bit, little bit machete order. So, well, maybe that's not entirely accurate. So the first bit, the first part of a list comprehension of this three-part thing is what to do with the items that you've just chose. So you can say, maybe if you have these rows of spreadsheets, you can just say, oh, I just, I just want a list, so I'll just just return those rows as is. Or you can say, hmm, well, if these rows are like numbered things, I want you to, I want to take all these rows or a copy of them kind of, and maybe double all the numbers. And so it'll be like two times each row. And so now you have a little thing. You have a, just one concise little bit of code that used to with something like a for loop in C or like low level languages, would take up maybe three or four lines of code. You'd, you'd have your for loop, which sets everything up and maybe also bookends it at the end and cuts everything off. And then you'd have variables that you have to set up. You'd have this if statement that also has its own bookend. So that's like two more lines just to set up an if statement about like, should we take every row? No, we only want the rows that are that start with an even number. And then inside of that, you would maybe make a new, you'd make some sort of list of the rows. And so this comprehension is just very succinct and clear, and it's kind of some of the points of Python. In any case, a list comprehension, so that's this comprehension syntax is kind of how it works. It's a, in and the first the first bit of the code is what you're going to do with this the stuff that you're about to grab the second bit is the for loop that what what you're going to loop over and and look into like sink your teeth into and the third bit is a conditional is an if statement like if i only want some of those items that we're going through that we're sifting through 
and this is how you should sift it like this <laughs> this gauge of mesh or whatever if you've ever sifted things and so very cool and so a list comprehension is actually taking that whole statement that whole expression and putting it natively into a list and so you can say oh take i mean anything you find here you're going to make a new list out of this all these even rows that you've just uh multiply the numbers by two and you're going to take all those and make them into a list and then you can plug that list in wherever you want so that's a list comprehension it's a little bit confusing when you look at it and probably a lot more confusing if you're not familiar with uh programming languages but it's very succinct and very cool once you get the hang of it which i'm just starting to now the second uh, just briefly, this chapter 20, the second chapter I've read this week, is all about generator ex expressions, which are like list comprehensions. They're like these like for loops that is just one line. They're one line that you can kind of plug into places um, that just return that the whole another idea of these is that they return a list a list comprehension is a chunk of code it looks like code but if you plug it into a variable it'll return a list and so it returns a physical object and so you don't have to worry about the code anymore it's it's kind of handy so hmm maybe I'll get more into that in later episodes cuz that's actually very technical and interesting but uh, complex so a generator expression is almost exactly the same thing, except when you make a generator expression, it's not going to make a list. It's not going to make a physical, like, a bullet-by-bullet bullet list for you. Instead, it's going to make each... It's sort of an on-demand object. You're going to... It's only going to give you one item at a time. It'll say, oh, are you ready for the next one? Are you? Are you ready for the next one? Okay, here. You can have it then. Let me know when you're ready for the one after that. And so it just sits there and waits for you to call it and be like, what? where's the next one? Where's the next one? And it's like, oh, here you go. Which is, is pretty cool, especially if you're dealing with, I mean, back to the spreadsheet idea. What if you were dealing with a spreadsheet that's maybe a few like 10,000 rows long. Like you don't want to make a list, a physical list out of all of the even rows in a 10,000 row spreadsheet. That's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to kind of, I mean, and it'll take a lot of memory as well. Um, and so what you can do is use, instead of a list comprehension, these generator expressions which is also a comprehension, it just returns one item at a time. And so you use a lot less memory, and you just kind of do it, you do it live. <laughs> We're doing it live. Uh, very cool. This is something that I've been, that looking through Python code, I've seen this in places, and I've just been like, what? Why? Why? Why would you do this? But I love it. I think I love it quite a lot. I'm slowly getting used to some of this stuff. Oh, no. Okay. So, now we get into the weird category of my mind. So, I've been reading over the Wikipedia article for asceticism, which 
uses a lot of a lot of religious language ideas of like abstaining from worldly pleasures in order to uh, focus on higher callings or uh, higher higher goals um, and so in the case of like a religious zealot or maybe like a, a Buddhist monk you would be abstaining from well all sorts of things it could be certain kinds of food it could be I mean in some crazy cases it can even be like um, like work you can abstain from work which hey that sounds great to me am I right no, they it's actually taking on the life of a of a beggar being a person who completely relies on the hospitality and kindness of others which I mean is very humbling and I maybe that's kind of the point. In any case, this idea of worldly pleasures and higher callings. I've, I was kind of playing with my head this week and I was like, okay, so what are the things what, if I'm going to abstain from anything for this whole, this little period of my life where I'm trying to focus on this higher calling of, of learning, of becoming a programmer and kind of being more productive in my life and kind of learning how to, how to handle myself and how to think of myself even, like how to, how to treat myself as a human being. Because that's part of the, that's another problem in productivity and a problem with procrastination. Like oftentimes we, we talk ourselves into these ideas of, wow, I'm, I would just be so happy as a writer. I would be so happy as a, a film director. If only I could be a, a comedian, a stand-up comedian in New York just every night out there doing my little sets and some people booing but you know what it'd be fine like sometimes we talk ourselves into these ideas with or without our like bodies i mean without our our physical reactions to that like it sort of leaving our our own needs and our own like the way that we are fulfilled as humans as as beings we leave that behind and just kind of flow after this ideal. And what can happen when you, in your head, you, you have this perfect dream that you're pursuing, that you, you focus on and you daydream about. When that thing doesn't really line up with who you are, nothing really happens. You just kind of sit there dreaming and then a year goes by and another year and you say, why, why am I still dreaming about this? I just want to do this why can't I do this come on I just want to do this but another year goes by and then another one and you still haven't done anything if I mean if you're stuck in a pro procrastination loop like that it's, it's important to look at that and say do I am I missing something here is there a, just a mental shutoff maybe I'm not made to be a writer maybe I'm not a Stephen King or maybe I'm not made to be a comedian. Maybe I, I can't handle like this social shaming that like comedians have to face night after night. Or I don't know. Like, or maybe that is totally you. But the point is, if you're procrastinating, or in the past, as I've procrastinated, I found that that's been because I've I've been treating myself unrealistically, which is not not a great way to live and for one because you are never satisfied 
and for two because dreams really aren't worth anything, are they? I mean, they're they're lovely, and they kind of give us a direction in life sometimes, but by and large, dreams aren't the things that are satisfying. How did I get on that? Uh, just in any case, <laughs> worldly pleasures, okay. So I was looking through the Wikipedia article on asceticism, thinking about worldly pleasures. What should I abstain from? What should I stay away from? And as I started to make a list, I also started to make a list of things that I wanted to, to keep in my life. And I realized that there was a sort of a gray area between these. And I was like, what? So there are some things that I don't want to do, but that are still good things. Um, are there, there are some things that are good things I want to be doing, but not all the time. And so eventually I was like, wait, wait, wait. What if I take every little thing, everything that I consume or every activity that I do, and put it into a great big long list and try to order it by what's important, <laughs> by what's most valuable or satisfying to me. And so this is what I did. I totally did that, which is crazy. I mean, I was, I'm not just talking about like what I, like my actions, um, like things that I produce, like this podcast or maybe articles or, or things of this nature, but also just almost anything like activities that I do. <laughs> um, it might be like making making food at home or or watching great old films or watching fresh new films i made a whole like list of these things and then i started also including things like um <laughs> this is where coffee gets into it i included things like coffee like drinking coffee versus drinking tea versus drinking like a fancy alcohol or drinking like juice like this I, I included these things and I tried to order everything <laughs> which okay it's sort of crazy making like you you're asking in your head like what's better reading novels or drinking coffee like is that <laughs> just take a moment and think about it which which is better for you is it better to read a novel to be sitting there and soaking in a just a wonderful gorgeous novel just this beautiful prose and just every word dripping with emotion or or is it better to drink a hot cup of black coffee that is just so rich and dark and and wonderful <laughs> which of those is better for you <sighs> if if uh, joel was here joel is the guy who i do other podcasts with which I'm, I'm sure that you've listened to our other podcast um but if joel was here he'd be like no 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 that's ridiculous john you you don't compare these things are too different you can't compare them uh but i love making silly little constructs in my head and this was one of them so i made a list and in the end what it turned into I mean, it turned into a sort of a bolted list and it kind of, I focused it on uh, liquids. <laughs> what is, what's the line? Oh God. The bodily fluids, the brushes bodily fluids. <laughs> oh, Dr. Strangelove is the best movie of all time, except for a few others. So I based this whole little list 
around drinks, around what kind of drinks. And so it started, I started at the bottom with like things like soda. Like I, I freaking hate soda. A uh, pop or soda pop, whatever you want to call it. Soda pop, a soda pop. The, this is a thing that, I mean, I love fizzly kind of drinks and at work I, we have a uh, carbonated water dispenser. So I just, we, we use that just straight, no syrup or anything, but just super sugary, syrupy, like, sodas are just not, not my thing. The, the only place where I draw, where I break that rule is with energy drinks like Rockstars, but ev even there, like, it's, it's just kind of gross. Stay away from soda, kids. Kids? I'm a kid. Or I was. At one point. Um, the next step up is like super dead cheap stupid alcohol like think like Coors Light or like PBR this super super crappy Terrible stuff that that uh, I mean it's good at a party where no one wants to no one cares and no one has any money But it's just not worth your time. It's be it's certainly better than freaking soda. That's all I'm gonna say. Then the next step up is like juice. Ooh, juice. You see, that's kind of good. Like tomato juice, I can, I can, I would kill for a nice glass of tomato juice. Um, above that is I put fancy alcohol. So this is getting into a different region. It's like um, just, I mean, expensive alcohols, like good wines and good whiskeys, but also things that are experiences where you're kind of getting new flavors out of a thing that you've never tasted before. I love that sort of shit. Um, next up is black coffee. Just straight hot black coffee. Speaking of... <sighs> Lukewarm coffee is not as great, but just strictly black hot, wonderful coffee. It's just, just great. And I've, and above that though, above a good cup of hot coffee is tea. I mean tea, especially like green tea or maybe like English breakfast kind of tea, but green tea in particular is just so soothing. It, you get a little hit of that caffeine, but you, it's also just so refreshing and wonderful. It's just a, a pure, lovely experience. Now I'm sounding like a hippie. Oh, but wait, there's more. On top of that, at the top level of this little list is, wait for it, water. Because mm, water's pure in nature and Mother Earth, and I like trees and things. What? No, I, this is a silly, okay, so this is a silly dichotomy weird little construct that I'm making in my head, and it's mine, and you don't have to take it. I don't care what you think. I do care what you think. But this is a this is like a me thing, all right? So at the very top is water. And so, okay, this, I'm almost done with this. Please just hang on a further moment. So I've made this whole list of things, sort of like ordering what I value, what's most satisfying to me, the actions and the, the things that I consume and the things I produce, like what are the things that are most valuable to me? And I actually kind of ordered them and fit them into categories, into categories according to the, these fluids. And so, I mean, 
For instance, under black coffee, I have like making podcasts. Like that's not as good as the green tea kind of category of things that I like doing. But it's definitely better than like the fancy alcohol level of things that I like doing. So it's like making podcasts or like making the silly electronic-y robot music that you hear in the background. That's fun too. And also like reading like news articles and tech technology news articles, just all this fun stuff. This is all in the the hot black coffee kind of category of of my little world. <laughs> uh, the point is I I just I sat down at a point and I was like, well, how do I how do I choose what's important here? If I am sitting in a position where I could be reading uh, some news articles on politics, or I could be reading a novel, uh, what should I choose? And in the case, in my case, I mean, that's that's a personal thing, right? Like in the end, maybe you are very satisfied. Like you, you love the idea of, of kind of diving into the world of politics and gathering all the little bits and pieces trying to get everyone's different point of view and fit it together in your mind. Or maybe you just want to see how people interact in a society. And this is all cool stuff. Maybe for you, reading about politics and reading about how the world, like international politics is handled and like what new levels of thought we're moving into as a, as a unit, as a human race. Maybe you like that more than reading novels. For me, I like reading novels more, or I, I find that more satisfying. But yeah, in the end, in the end, I think it's good to be able to say, you know, I could be doing five or six things right now. I could be watching YouTube, or reading a novel, or watching a great film, or cooking food for myself. And which of those is gonna be most satisfying? Maybe I should cook food for myself first, but maybe after that, like, I should read a novel? Like, in the end, once I get done reading for an hour, I'm gonna feel so much better than if I sat down and watched a film, even if it's a great film. Yeah, this is so very subjective. Very much in my head. But yeah, in the end, it's, I think it's important to be able to delineate and say like, which of these things is better? Because oftentimes in the moment, we're very emotional beings and you may get home or I may get home at the end of the day, at the end of a hard, hard day at work, um, just emotionally drained and physically tired. And I'll look at my little hammock or I'll look at my bed and I'll look at the kitchen at my cast iron skillet and I'll be like man what should I what should I do and I'll end up just sitting in my hammock watching YouTube instead of maybe sleeping or instead of maybe cooking something and like eating and sustaining myself like the in the end I am such an emotional like being like I I can't control sometimes or I can't I can't really trust the decisions that I make in a moment at least that's how, what I find in general 
And so I, I like to plan things out. Or I like to think about things ahead of time. In order to maybe educate myself about how I think in a moment. Like that, this is where productivity porn, like all this ridiculous, like minimalist uh, desks and just setting up your perfect world and sharpening all your pencils and lining them up in a row. Like this, this is where this gets into a real category because you need to think about not just like how to make your dreams come true in like a Cinderella story kind of way. Instead, you need to think like, how do I act on a daily basis? How do I behave when I want to, when I want to do something or like what in my, across my day, just today, what was the most satisfying thing that I did? Like, these are the thoughts. These are the ideas that when gathered together, like start to piece, put together the pieces that are you. Like, that's what this is about. That's what all of this is about. Just understanding yourself more and more and learning how to satisfy yourself. I think that's it. I enjoy. I'm glad that you guys listened to this this week. I hope that the music comes out all right. I'm sure that you've been listening to it and already discovered how good or bad it is. But you know what? I'm enjoying myself and I'm learning along the way. I'm using a software called Ableton Live, by the way, for the music, which is a quite a nice little software. But, you know, always a learning curve and but just totally satisfying. I think that's the most important thing. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. And until next week, just keep doing shit. I don't know. That's Grace Helbig's line. Uh, Keep doing shit because reasons. Bye.